everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares uh, about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with navy seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. Dear Writer's Bagel Basket, this is Bagley, the former Writer's Bagel Basket Bagel, and I will go on a bagel-eating spree. If you do not do Zodiac in the writer's bagel basket for snubs and shrugs, the blood will be on your hands of 13 bagels if you do not do Zodiac. Signed, Bagley. P.S. Go fuck yourself for firing me. Well, Haley, looks like we're doing Zodiac. I mean, we have no choice. Uh, Psycho wrote us in and told us we have to do it, which means we got to do it. So what does that mean? It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Thrown like a star, my vast by open my eyes to take a peek. To find that I was by the sea, gazing with tranquility. Just then when I heard a good man came singing songs of love. Lisa, we jumped out of a building. Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kurland, and we continue snubs and shrugs with our snub, not our shrug. Our shrug was already Dick Tracy. <laughs> um, so, Haley. Yes? We have a special guest. We do. We have returning guest. Introduce yourself again. I'm Mallory Saffron. Hello. <laughs> so, we did Zodiac. That was very musical. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> then Kim's the Mallory Savarin singing songs of Anna. I don't know why they picked that song. I don't know why they picked the Hurdy Gurdy. That song a lot. Well, for this, like serial killer movies. But this is the one that started it. Did it now? Yeah. So this was the movie that started serial. We probably killer should let people know, even though they clicked on it. We're, we're doing Zodiac, the 2007 uh, David Fincher classic, because this is. Without this movie, we would not have Mindhunter. This is what started. Yeah. This was supposed to be the first in a trilogy of films that he was really? going to do. He was going to do Zodiac. Then he was going to do one on, I think, I want to say Berkowitz. I'm pretty sure he was going to do Son of Sam. Um, and then then he found out about um, 
what's his name tension ford the the guy that ford's based on and he wanted to do mindhunter and then the studio paramount's like we're not gonna make a movie about a guy who did serial killers and netflix is like we'll give you a series (laughs) (laughs) so this is our snub because this was in my opinion this was on my list of number this was number one on my list of best movies of 2007 and did it get nominated for any Oscars? No, it did not. I told you what got nominated for Best Picture this year. I didn't tell you because I was waiting and I wanted okay. your, your reaction to be on record. Okay. The following films were nominated. And this was the time when they only did five movies. Okay. What do they do now? Like 10? Eight. Okay. They're a lot, they're supposed to do 10, but they don't. Never mind. I'm not going there. It makes me so mad. Anyways. Scott has steam coming out of his ears. I clearly hit a button there. Yeah, you did. So, Atonement. Okay. That's the one with James. Yeah, Mac- I know that. Yeah. I'm- Michael Clayton. Okay. I haven't seen it, but okay. Juno. Okay. There Will Be Blood. No Country for Old Men. In my opinion, only... Three of those movies should have been nominated. There will be blood. Yes. No country for old men. Fucking yeah. hated that movie. I yeah, just want to make be clear on that movie. So I think that movie fucking, was was boring as shit. It's so fucking boring. <laughs> it's so fucking boring. And what's the third movie that I I feel should have been? I nominated? thought Atonement was really good, but not worth nominating. Not over this. No. Oh no! If it was a choice between, if I was measuring each of these, if it was a choice between Atonement or this, definitely. Zodiac. Yeah, but what's the third movie I, I feel should have been nominated? I already forgot. Michael Clayton? No. Yeah, Michael Clayton. Okay. I haven't seen I that, did not. So. I love Juno, but it should not have been. Again, no. if I'm comparing... Here's the thing of the way I can judge if I'm into a movie is if I'm constantly shushing... Because I'm a chatty person when That's I'm true. watching movies. I was like, she must be really into and, this because she's constantly like, shushing us. Because I'm like trying to pay attention. Also, I think my, my face was practically glued to your television and i think i was just sitting the whole time with my my face in my hands just like eyes wide just like staring at the screen and every time you guys made noise even though i was talking too i was like shh, shh. Wait, that really surprised me because usually when we watch like slow movies like i bitch about how slow they are yes yeah. <laughs> case in point no country for old men although that i agree with you because that movie was boring we watched that with fucking her? boring I don't think we watched that together. No, we didn't watch it together, but it is a very long and boring movie. I think movie you and I have talked about that, the fact that that yeah. movie is boring as shit. Nothing happens I in like it. I like the it's movie. It's so boring. It's so boring. So we have to do the blockbuster rule, a.k.a. the John Carlin rule. And why do we do this? I don't think this really applies. No, I think she needs to give us a quick synopsis. Oh, okay. You're, you're in a blockbuster video, and they still exist in 2007. Look at the back of the box. What does it say for the movie? All of your favorite ageless stars come together (laughs) in a pre-MCU film to give you what is an extremely compelling and terrifying movie about squirrels in cages and Jake Gyllenhaal with great hair. That's the best one thus far. Uh, yeah, that's up there with David's though. David's yeah, yeah, pretty good. that's true. And then isn't it like the thing of like fans of this movie will also like Tootsie. I was. <laughs> I always go. I with was going to say. I always go with. Tootsie. Would also like Iron Man, and fried green tomatoes. Uh, this movie got. To, uh, I was Tony Stark. This movie got uh, RDJ to be Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I feel like there's an, another 
Uh, there was another one I was thinking of because when we were watching this, I was trying to store this away for this moment. And there was a movie that I was thinking of and it cracked me up at the time. But now it's gone. So that's not entertaining. <laughs> Good story, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, thanks a bunch. You're welcome. I'm shocked that on, on the poster, Mark Ruffalo's name is first. I'm shocked. Versus Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, I would. Well, yeah, Mark, right. Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo was probably paid more. Jake Gyllenhaal had... Of of the three, he's the only one who had been nominated. Oh well, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated in the nineties. He's very good in this. But Jake Gyllenhaal had was just nominated for. I wish I knew how to quit you. Mm. Broke back. So yeah, I'm shocked that Ruffalo was first. It, would this be one of the things where Ruffalo maybe is first technically, but Gyllenhaal's name is above the other two, so that puts him like above them. Maybe so, like, because I actually heard that this is a thing and. Please correct me. I heard that this is a thing that when people are demanding first billing, but somebody else is like the star of the movie, they'll still put them first, but then they can put the other person that they technically wanted first in a different position than other people to make yeah, them stand out. That, I heard that that's a thing. That started with Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. Okay. For Towering Inferno. Because Steve McQueen's like, I'm number one. And Paul Newman's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> so they just angled it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Zodiac, first up, this is the best movie of 2007 in my opinion like what other movies came out that year there will be blood i never saw that wally mm, oh wait no ratatouille no. ratatouille wally yeah, was, I was the year say, after wally came out later yeah okay. well i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry shouldn't you know this stuff check yourself before isn't this you like what yourself? you do i guess <laughs> apparently i'm very bad at my job <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for that self-esteem boost yeah so um ratatouille oh once Okay, I haven't seen that either. Um, and it sounds like a good year for films. It, it was overall. A, it was a great year for films. Fight Club. That's the other movie. Fight Club. Fans of this would also watch Fight Club because David yeah, Fincher directed. But I Fight tried Club. to make it funny. Okay. Well, I was being okay. <laughs> well, we've all agreed. You've made it very clear that I am not funny in your opinion. So there you go. I'm just confirming it. Don't say that on air just because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. If you have no idea about the Zodiac Killer, first off, A, you're living under a rock, and B, that's why Haley's here. Because <laughs> although, like, I I did have to brush up on my my Zodiac Killer knowledge. Please, please, I assume say bone up. I I assume everything in this movie is 100 percent accurate because uh, I know that yeah. television is like that. <laughs> I mean, they do a decent job, I would say. Although, keep in mind, this is done through the filter of Robert Graysmith's book. Right. And Robert Graysmith was convinced it was Arthur Lee Allen, who I read basically like looks very guilty from the people who would, you know. Be investigating him. Be investigating him and also the people who want to see him guilty. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, it makes sense that if he, this is the book that he wrote. Yes. So he's obviously, this is the guy that he thinks it is. So he's writing the book, whatever evidence and whatever details he's accumulated, he's writing about it to fit this one. Yes. Suspect. That's what people have argued. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. there's really no way to know what, you know. Yeah. Though I will say, because they make it clear, like they couldn't clear him on handwriting, which handwriting is not an exact science. Handwriting analysis is of, of the sciences of. I would say it falls into a, a weaker tier. Well, I also read later that they didn't know this, but he had arthritis too. Oh, really? So couldn't that affect it? 
What, Arthur Leon? Yeah. Had arthritis? Yeah. I mean, possibly. And also, handwritings change over time. Yes. And I feel like that wasn't Right, but mentioned. there are certain distinctive patterns that like people right. can develop over time. But they even said, and I heard that this is a thing, that when you undergo like personality shifts or right. whatever, that your handwriting can change. Your handwriting can change after certain like... Right. Head injuries or whatever, or it can change for all these different. Right. Yeah, we all saw reasons. Split. And as they make it clear <laughs> in the not. movie, they got Arthur Lee Allen, or what they thought might be Arthur Lee Allen's DNA from an envelope, but the envelope was 33 years old. DNA degrades over time, it degrades with heat or right. moisture. So there, was, so there was no guarantee. And didn't they say, well, at least at the end of this, they said it was a partial, They the there was a partial DNA profile that didn't match him also it was 1992 when they got his dna match yeah so dna has come a long way <laughs> since the 90s um so they're actually looking into um seeing if they can identify the golden or the um zodiac killer using the same methods they used with the golden state killer what methods did they use for so that? they're using uh what's called essentially forensic genealogy where you identify the killer by going back into their um, genetic history. Wait, like you, isn't you that trace like it back through the family? Isn't that like the same technology that Tony Stark created in Civil War to go back in time and relive his memories? Oh my God, this has come so full circle, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Tell me, I'm yes, wrong. Scott. That's exactly what they did. Barf, I, barf technology. I have only seen that movie one and a half times. Mm-hmm. And by half, I mean because I've seen pieces of it on TV. Okay, I was like, and and like I haven't watched it all the way through a second time. I've seen it when it's on, and I've seen pieces of it. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think that's one of the better movies. Shots fired. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm watching it. And I feel like it's really kind of confusing, and I feel like a lot of the characteristics of like Tony Stark and stuff. It's just not consistent. What they should do is they should go back in time and re use the technology and do Marvel Zodiac and just put them in their costumes. <laughs> I mean, there were so many. I mean, how many MCU people were in this? Three. Oh, I'm was, all for was Marvel. that it? Who, I'm was all the, for... who was the third? Gyllenhaal. That's right. He's mysterious. My yeah. least favorite villain. Really? Yeah. I'm not getting into Mine how too. wrong you are. <laughs> I thought he was... High five, Haley. Oh, why don't you two <laughs> just go marry each other? Any, anyways. But, but no, I'd be I'd be on board for a Marvel movie where they track down a serial killer. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. The Golden State Killer, they went back to his great-great-grandparents, and then they traced the family whoa, whoa, whoa. tree down. Hold, hold on, hold on. They 23 and meet him? <laughs> That's exactly what they did. That is exactly what they did. This is why they I will never... They found great-great-grandparents first, and then they followed the family tree, and then they determined suspects based on the family tree. And then when they finally narrowed it down, they got his DNA off a bit of discarded trash and then they were able to bring him in. This is why I will never give my blood to 23andMe. You cannot have <laughs> they it. I can get it anyway. You can't have it. <laughs> his you can't great come and take it. Well, here's the question, Mallory. Do you have something you want to tell us? Are you hiding something? <laughs> All I'm come saying- Come the Mallory singing songs of life. All I'm saying is that I'm not willingly giving a blood sample to have my genealogy tested is it bad that i always thought the golden the golden state killer i always get him confused with the basketball team the golden state warriors so i'm like an entire basketball team killed all those women i literally I, so i don't know a lot about 
serial killers. I recognize names and things. Like I had heard yeah. Zodiac before, but I didn't know anything about it. I don't know anything about the Golden State oh, killer. He was a cop. Like I didn't know much about Ted Bundy. Yeah. Other than the fact that he killed a lot of That's women. He was a I, there were a lot of well, things that I didn't know about Ted Bundy until this year. Like, like I didn't know that he escaped from prison like twice. Well, the so. only <laughs> everything I know about Ted Bundy, I learned from the Zac Efron movie. Yeah. Well, so this is what I learned about Ted Bundy. Um, in the sixties, he was on a dance TV show, uh, and then he was. And then he was Matthew Perry, and then became. Oh, I'm thinking of Zac Efron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hairspray. Yeah. Okay. Hilarious. Then in high school, he was the captain of the basketball team. But and all he dreamed in- about was singing. <laughs> I refuse to see those movies. I never have and I never will. Neither have I. Yep. <laughs> so anyway. Ditto. Back to Zodiac. Can I just say, and I think I had asked when you had mentioned this, I was like, is it scary? I don't want to watch a scary movie. It's not scary. It's just suspenseful. Uh, I would like to say that I was terrified in a couple of places. Number one, when they're going to the trailer and there are all the squirrels. Men seven, just like the ones we found in the cab. Well, he's got the same size shoes and gloves as he. Probably just a coincidence. Dave, I got a gun. Check that. Two guns. Both 22s, one automatic, one revolver. That's interesting. And I was like, talk about that. We're going to talk about the squirrels. Or we can talk about it now. (laughs) And I was just like, we want, like, and there's just a squirrel in a cage. And I think I'm immediately like horrified. Look at it this way. (laughs) And then there were squirrels in the freezer. What if, what if he just got the idea of doing the squirrels because he listened to the chipmunks and he's like, no, what? (gasps) Fuck chipmunks. I can train three squirrels to sing in perfect harmony too. (laughs) Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah. What did that third squirrel do that was in the cage? Because the other ones are running free. What did that poor squirrel do? And there are timeout. There are squirrels in the freezer. Ruffles found squirrels in the freezer. He's letting them run around so they build up their meat. First off, it's not He's Ruffles. Eat them. We call him the Ruff. You can call him whatever you want. I call him Ruffles. We almost we almost named McCoy Bark Ruffalo. Did you really? That's we hilarious. Yeah. That is adorable. People who rented this would also rent ER. Shut up, Mallory. Because it's, <laughs> it's Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah, great. ER, Dr. Mark Green. Yeah. Insert theme song here. (laughs) But yeah, I love I love the relationship between Toski and um, I forget. I'm just going to call him Dr. Green. Okay. Um, or Goose. <laughs> Between- That's right. Yeah, he was- no, I haven't seen that movie, but I but I know that he played or Goose. Revenge of the Geeks. <laughs> I, so, I, I love their- between Toski and Graysmith. No, not Graysmith. His between partner. Ru- between Ruffles oh, and yes. Mark Green. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the, the yeah. guy from Top Gun. But what I noticed this time around, that the relationship between uh, Ruffalo and uh, Anthony Edwards then mirrors itself with Ruffalo playing the Anthony Edwards role and Jake Gyllenhaal going down the rabbit hole like yeah. like Toski did. I didn't, yeah. You just noticed that? Well, I I didn't notice well, the also, demeanor. Well, then you also had you had Gyllenhaal. I don't remember any of the characters' names, so I'm just using the actors' names. Yeah. Um, Gyllenhaal was also starting to go down the path of uh, RDJ. Yeah. Because RDJ, like they all, they were all getting sucked into it. And there's this is like a thing, isn't it? Because people get really, yeah. People get really mm-hmm. into 
serial killers. Like they get. Oh, after I saw this movie, I became obsessed with this case. I saw this movie four times in theaters. Really? Because this was 2007 where like, like Wikipedia wasn't really a thing. There are armchair sleuths now or people who are really, really interested what in is solving. What is an armchair sleuth? People who are really, really interested in, in solving these cases and do it on their own time and energy, like Michelle McNamara, Patton Oswalt's wife. Hold on. First off, I'm thinking now. Armchair sleuth. Oh, fuck. Now I know where that comes from. What? It's rear window because he was stuck in a chair the entire time looking out the window. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. In in rear window, Jim, Jimmy Stewart is incapacitated. I don't know what that is. It's a Hitchcock. Are you fucking serious? Look, you know, we can quote my fr- my dear friend Liz, who if she ever watches it, she'll be appreciated for Listens the shout out. Listens to it. Um, she, uh, she has called me on multiple occasions an uncultured swine. Well, you <laughs> are, but the, okay, so in rear window. Do you know how often I get that in this house? Yeah. In, in, in rear window, Jimmy Stewart is a famous photographer for like crime newspaper stories. He gets incapacitated and he's in a wheelchair um, and he's looking out the window at his neighbors and notices that his neighbor murders someone and he's trying to figure out the crime oh. and prove it. Armchair sleuth. Oh, because he's in a chair. Right. Got it. Yeah. So also Golden State. What was the Golden? Was it San Francisco? I would. So it's it spans across... I mean, the geography is not my forte. <laughs> but did he murder in San Francisco? I believe so, yes. What is there it with these so... serial killers in San Francisco? Okay, well... Is it wine country? <laughs> they're all just drunk. Does and they're the like, ta- well... Does the tannins make people go crazy? <laughs> well, don't forget, the Golden State Killer not not only killed people. His He's initially started off as what was called the Visalia Ransacker. So he would break into people's homes, steal things, and doesn't then blow leave. off the time. And then he escalated from there with committing, like I believe the number is over fifty rapes. And then, oh my god! And then he killed, oh. I think. Uh, again, I have I, you know, I got I dove deep into that book that Michelle McNamara wrote. So I believe is your it's, mind's like a cork board <laughs> with like really yeah except the strings get you know tangled together and I'm not so good with dates. Oh, I'm no. by no means an expert. Please nobody write in. See but I'll, like I'll, he killed I believe 12 people. And how many did Zodiac kill? Seven, seven? or eight? Though it, yeah, seven. Though he claimed to have killed, I believe, over thirty. But I was going to say because that's what they're saying. That's yeah. what they said in the movie a lot is that they don't really know because he's a liar because he probably claimed a lot that he didn't actually do. I will say this though: while I don't think I'll ever become someone who gets really invested in like true crime and serial color- killers, I understand serial it. colors. Shut up! I can't speak words. Serial good colors. Serial <laughs> colors. Um. I can understand why it's so compelling. I mean, just watching this, obvi- you know, obviously it's also a very well done movie. But like I said, you got sucked in I, this, like I, right away. I was very sucked in and I yeah. was very annoyed. Well, also, first- the fact that Minkus was the first thing. you Oh, saw. my God. Minkus. Boy Meets World. People who rented this also rented Boy Meets World. Shut up. <laughs> 
I cannot. The list of recommendations is getting a little long. I just, I'm not good at thinking of them. So I'm excited that I know things. Yeah. Okay. Let, 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 let me wrap this up for you. People who rented this also rented 13 Going on 30, also rented Just Like Heaven, also rented Bubble Boy, also rented Donnie Darko, <laughs> also rented Back to School, also rented Weird Science, also rented Okay, Chaplin, are you done making me feel also bad? Rented- Wait, you broke him. <laughs> He's broken now. Yes. <laughs> My evil plan is complete. The <laughs> podcast has been taken over. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably gotten much less interesting. Let's also admit rented it. forgetting Sarah Marshall because June <laughs> Diane Ray feels this. Anyways, yes, the Minkus thing. As soon as you pointed out that it was Minkus, I I that was it. I was hooked. And meanwhile, because- Haley was sitting on the couch twiddling her thumbs. <laughs> What's a Minkus? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Stuart Minkus? You mean the antagonist of the first season of Boy Meets World? He was the nerdy kid who was also in love with Japan. Yeah, remember how we were going to do a Boy Meets World podcast? Yeah, well, someone got busy. Don't look at me. Someone moved a million miles away from where I am, so now I have to travel so far to get to your house. Yeah, and then you stay the weekend and you eat all our food. (laughs) What's your point? Also, we still couldn't figure out who that chick was. Who? The girl. Which one? The girl from Darlene. Which girl? Minkus's girl. Oh. The one who was having first off, if you're gonna have an affair with someone, <laughs> you don't pick Stuart Minkus. Why not? He was very intelligent. Or he was also on One Tree Hill, too. Really? He was mouth. I never watched that show, but that's yeah. funny. I can't picture him on that show. Yeah. He I was am- mouth like mouth like from the Goonies mouth. No, not no. No, I know. I'm saying, like, is that why he was Corey mouth? Corey Feldman, was like- our good friend Court. Hey, can I stay on your couch tonight? <laughs> Oh, he sounds like me. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, um, also, Arthur Lee Allen in this movie is played by Drew Carey's brother from the Drew Carey show. Oh, that's so funny. And he's also Bubble Boy's dad. Okay. Let's, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Let's take care of the elephant in the room before we go any further. Okay. Based on the evidence, or, you know. Based on the way the movie presented yeah. the evidence. Would do you think Arthur Lee? Oh, Allen- absolutely! Oh, for sure! Yes. Absolutely, a hundred. Yes. Well, the well, you guys both made it clear to me pretty much that the movie kind of gives you a hint as to what the movie think who the movie thinks the killer is. Right, hundred and ten. So I like to say that I had a lot of good guesses. And by guesses, you mean every time a guy showed up on screen, Mallory was like, "That's the killer." Either, either, either it was that's the killer or they're dead. That was always my, no, he's the killer. Okay, no, he's the killer. Okay, Robert Downey Jr., he's the killer. Ruffles, he's the killer. Dr. Green, he's the killer. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's the killer. So, well, I'm not going to go there, but I'm not going to finish that sentence. Well, Um, that's what happens in um, uh, The the Dead Zone, the the Stephen King novel. Oh, okay. It's the deputy sheriff who is the killer. I mean, it would, I mean, obviously, you know, it would make sense too, considering how befuddled law enforcement was trying to find the killer. It would not be a stretch to think that the killer possibly had some kind of connection to law enforcement, though considering that they made it pretty clear that they thought the killer was in the military. I mean, you could argue well, that they had some knowledge they, that way. They also try to make people think that that Jake Gyllenhaal is the killer because he, he's the one who's like, he's not going to give his name, and everyone's like, huh, why would you say yeah, that? Yeah, how would you know that? It's funny you said that. Yeah. It's funny you said that random cartoonist that never speaks except for now. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, he couldn't be it. He's a boy scout. (laughs) 
Yeah, so much of a Boy Scout that he goes into a potential killer's basement. He's uh, dumb. Although I will say, I do like that this movie, in some, like, it does take shortcuts in some respects, and it does, like, kind of gloss over some things that happen. But I do like how they acknowledge that it was a married couple that cracked the code, which is actually true. Wasn't he a history teacher? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that cracked the code, and Jake Gyllenhaal just you know, ran with it. I don't know why, but I always thought that like when he's like, do you want to solve the puzzle? I thought they were one of those weird couples watching it this time. They didn't say it, but in my mind, I always thought he was like, hey, mommy, do you want to solve? Gross. (laughs) Gross. Like the Reagans. Well, mommy, want to solve this puzzle? Well, that's what you do every, you know, Sunday morning. You got the the Sunday crossword and then you got the serial killer. Like like mother. serial killer code. (laughs) Mother. (laughs) Father. Gross. Mommy, I believe he wrote, I killed a ton of virgins. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I love how everyone is so suspicious at first of Gyllenhaal. I didn't really get that vibe, though. Well, uh, RBJ is definitely. Well, no, I think he's like, I think he's like looking at him like you would look at an ant in an ant farm. Just like, just like, hmm, let's, let's see you know where this goes. Well, I think he's also socially awkward and considering what this was 69 when the movie started, right? Yes. Uh considering that it's it's there was pro- I'm sure a less of an understanding of socially awkward people and you know, he's clearly a very socially awkward person. Who, right. Yeah, I love I love the scene where he's like, "Hey, do you ever get offended that people call you shorty?" And he goes, "No, do you get offended that People call you the the, the R, R word. word. Yeah, the R word. We're and, stupid. Yeah, and and then he goes over to RDJ and he's like, "Hey, you know, do people call me names?" You mean like the R word? No. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, he doesn't have um, great social skills. Yeah. Uh, so well, he was living in a bubble for the longest time. Yeah, he was true. Bubble boy. True. True. I'm glad he got over that medical issue. Well, and he found a job working as a cartoonist. And- good for him. <laughs> It it's so weird the connection that this movie has with other things that relate back to the actors who are in it, like the fact that the guy who plays Arthur Lee Allen is also Bubble Boy's dad. Yeah, but he's also one of the McDonald brothers who gets screwed over in The Founder. Oh, really? And he's also Drew Carey's brother. Yeah, from the Drew Carey show. And then you have Robert Downey Jr., who almost did not get cast in this movie because he was a legal liability. Uh, uh-huh. Why was he a legal liability? Drugs. Lots okay. of drugs. Lots I thought drugs. that. Well, I thought this was way after all that stuff. Oh, seven years. Okay. That's still a short time. Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not employed in Hollywood. I don't know how these things. You're work. not the mayor of Hollywood. I'm not. In fact, then I didn't why tell are you, you that? wearing that sash? <laughs> hey, I like to dress up. Okay. But yeah, um, for me, the the best role in this movie and. The person who was robbed of an Oscar nomination was Ruffalo was robbed of best actor. Absolutely. I would say so, yeah. He was so goddamn good in this movie. Yeah, he was. And like how angry he gets when when uh Jillian Hall is like banging on his door. And That's it. I'm going to shoot him. Scene. Call the cops. I'm going to kill him. Get but, my gun. But then but then when he finds out that it's Arthur Lee Allen and they go out to breakfast the scene of him, like, at first being very antagonistic and being like, yeah, but what about this? But what about that? Yeah. Darlene Farron worked at the Vallejo House of Pancakes on the corner of Tennessee and Carroll. 
Arthur Lee Allen lived in his mother's basement on Fresno Street. Door to door, that is less than 50 yards. Is that true? I've walked it. Jesus Christ. Watching him morph into that, a smile. That subtle, very subtle shift. And it wasn't a big smile either. It was very, very subtle. And just... The scene is also extremely pivotal because it addresses the cri uh, the criticism that Robert Graysmith got for his book because the book is all circumstantial. It heavily leans towards Arthur Lee Allen, but it's it's entirely circumstantial because, of course, as we know, there was no DNA, no handwriting, blah, 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 blah. But like he says to um, Ruffalo's character, the detective, I don't think like a cop. I'm not asking you as a cop. I'm asking you as a person, do you think, you know, this guy did it? Yeah, because <laughs> no, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, because he well, because he needs that closure, and he finally right. gets it. Because at a certain point, there's only so much circumstantial evidence you can have on your plate before you're like, I mean, also, yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> the, the great thing about this movie is the fact of how like creepy it is like it's very creepy but it's creepy and like a, i gotta know like you're like gyllenhaal when you're going into the basement of roger rabbit that's the voice of roger rabbit oh i see i was trying to put my finger on it so it, it's like not not many houses have, have basements mine does please eddie <laughs> man that was so those were the two scenes uh the thing with the squirrels and Jake Gyllenhaal going into this guy's house, who was clearly the killer. I mean, he wasn't, but he clearly was like the killer because it was written like it was a horror movie. And he's going into the creepy basement with the guy who could be the killer. I mean, it was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and, and then he runs out of there really fast. Those were the two things. Those were the two things the of this movie locked. that, oh my God, and he can't get out. And I'm like, okay, and now he dies. And he doesn't because that guy's not the killer. But those were the two scariest moments. But this whole movie, I mean, the, I think the movie is written. Obviously, it's based on the book that was um, written by Robert Graysmith, which is from, I assume, I not that I've read the book, but I assume the book is from his perspective. Yes. Robert Graysmith. Yeah. So, the, so the movie essentially is like, like you said, we are Robert Graysmith going along with this investigation. Well, and and I what I like about this movie is that it starts out just as a standard investigation, but we kind of feel like we're spiraling with well, Jake right. Gyllenhaal. What, what's interesting is we're first Robert Downey Jr. Right. And then we're Mark Ruffalo. Right. And then we're Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah. We're, fo we're following all the spiraling yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> What I want to see a movie from the perspective of like Chloe Sevigny and June Diane Raphael, yeah, being the, uh, the women of these men. Yeah, I think that was the Ted Bundy movie. Zodi her. I think that's the the Ted. Well, no, because they weren't necessarily married to this serial killer. But Zodiacat. Yeah. Um, I do like though how they show Gyllenhaal like using his kids as like a little crime, like a little crime solving unit, like uh, you know. Uh, Timmy, don't don't tell mommy about our special project. <laughs> oh, and how many times have I told you don't leave the crime scene photos near the stove? They could catch fire. How many times do I have to tell you? What if like his kids talked like old Chicago cops? Hey, Dad. Yeah, uh, we have this dead body. 15. They got their candy cigarettes in their mouths, and they got a little <laughs> ashtray, little fedoras. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
so many dead bodies. What I kind of found amusing was at the mo- at the end of the movie where you know they have like the what what's going on now? Like the oh it? yeah yeah. Um, and I like how they say that um, Robert Graysmith has a very healthy relationship with his children. Like that's a very specific, just so you know, that's like a very just so you know specific as in like. As in, he's no longer using his children to investigate serial killers. That's not the only movie that did that. To to let you know that, like, the, they're they're a good parent. In I Tanya, it's like Tanya Harding wants you to know that she's a good mom. That's so yes, hilarious. See, there's, there's I a, forgot about there's that. There's a comedic edge to that because the whole movie is about her relationship with her mom. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this, it was like it's you the took kids. that as funny. I took that as sad. Because everyone's well, sad, but it's 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 dark humor. It's I mean, like, in the, I mean, I think it's funny in the sense of like not like funny, ha 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 ha. It's funny and amusing, like huh? Yeah, like it's that's it's, the only way I yeah. can quantify exactly. it. Exactly, funny like my band's gonna open for Motorhead. Yeah, well, that's yeah, funny. sure. It, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Absolutely, but um, the. No, I just found it was a very interesting, very specific phrase. Robert Grayson has a very healthy relationship with his children. Like, okay. Okay. Nobody was saying you didn't, but sure. How, <laughs> how upsetting is it to find out that right when they're about to question Arthur Lee Allen, that he had a heart attack and died in 1992? That's, that happens so often. We call that the blue balls of that the crime That you scene. have no idea. See, and that kind of stuff, I'm cu- always curious of like... Well, did he actually have a heart attack or did he cause himself to have a heart attack? I bet he actually had one, but as he was dying, he's like, I did it. I got away with it. All those Uh, dead people. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like my idea that like he got away with it because he made sure that, you know. What? You think he... I think it's so unfair. Okay, so he just has a heart attack and right before they're about to question him. That is so unfair. What? They're supposed to put put his dead corpse in prison? (laughs) I'm just saying because it's like... They're not able to really finish investigating. Yeah, there's never going to be closure. I shouldn't be a police officer. Or listening to true crime. I don't. And likewise, you know, history's written by the winners. And so, you know, we are, we're, like I said, we're only getting the filter of Robert Graysmith here. There's like probably many other things about Arthur Lee Allen that we just don't know or aren't privy to. I mean, still not a great guy. He was still fired from his job for being a pedophile. I, I love that line. But whether that, he's, yeah. I love that line that Ruffalo says. It's like uh, touching, touching, polite euphemism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So st- still a, uh, still an absolute piece of garbage. But yeah. But whether he's the Zodiac killer is still. But I love how he just volunteers the information like, oh, yeah, those bloody knives, by the way, that I was keeping in my truck. <laughs> what yeah, bloody I, knives? I, see, I was um, cutting up a chicken the other Wait, day. Wait, we, we didn't know there were bloody knives in your car. Well, it's, I just thought you might ask, and, you know, I just wanted to get ahead of it. I think that's I, important I, for you to that know. That makes you look really guilty. Does it? <laughs> also, I look forward to the day where people stop calling cops pigs. Uh, yeah, you didn't know that <laughs> people were doing that. Only the Zodiac did. Uh, oh, and by the way, I just went up there. I saw a couple. I'm not sure the couple you're referring to, but I went to the same place around the same time. I, I w- do not have an alibi. B- I can prove it. <laughs> but I was just catching a bunch of silverback fish. Okay. 
Doesn't mean you could have murdered people, grab some fish and go home. I mean, you need to eat dinner. Isn't there something that, again, I haven't looked heavily into serial killers, but there's something particularly about the ones that reach out to the press. Like, and it's a whole thing with yes. psychopaths and uh, egotistical whatever yes. that they crave that attention. And because they have that ego that they can be, they feel like they can be very bold like that. So I can understand. So it actually, for me, I felt like that kind of made sense that he's writing to the press to get this attention. He's constantly trying to do these things and he's got these cops. And in his mind, he feels like he could say all of this stuff and get away with it because they don't have anything. And because he, he needs to stroke his ego because he's a psychopath. Are you saying this is the equivalent of having like big dick energy? (laughs) Like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Jesus. That's exactly what no, I'm but saying. It's it is true that like you know uh, serial killers or um, they do feel like some of them do feel the need to insert themselves in a case. It's not uncommon. In fact, BTK was like interviewed about like those murders. BTK his murders specifically. BTK by, by torture kill. Dennis Rader. Dennis Rader. Oh, is this a serial killer? Very famous. Yeah, he's on killer. Mindhunter. <laughs> I am. I've not seen that. You should. If, and if you liked this, you would, you would, you would. I don't know if I can watch something else like this. This was so stressful. Yeah, I but, was so stressed during this whole but, movie. But what you'll like about it, Jonathan Groff is the lead. Okay. I mean, come on. Come on. Christoph. Okay. <laughs> Jesse St. James. I don't know who that is. From Glee. Oh. Yeah. Glee is not a ringing endorsement for anything with <laughs> All me. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this movie, when they go deep, they go down a rabbit hole like so far yeah. that you're We like, keep using that term a lot, rabbit hole. Because it is, how else will you describe a shame spiral? Yeah. I don't <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what, ha- I mean, they get obsessed and they, they, they focus in and they make us do the same. Right. Which it, it it's a very good, I mean, I'm not great at remembering movies and directors and blah, blah, blah. But clearly, I mean. What's what a I, blah, blah, blah direct again? Yeah. I assume that it was the intention of David Fincher to make the movie feel that way. That it starts out with the beginning of the investigation. And as the everything starts to spiral, you start to feel like you're spiraling with it. Right. Because th- it starts to get more hectic and more tense. And, yeah. and, and more the people you thought like that were, you know, cleared or not cleared. And then you right. end up in someone's basement and they shut the light off before you leave. And that's a weird thing to do because you could fall and crack your head open. Right. And well, you start I feel like you start getting kind of ping pong. Maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's that guy. Maybe it's this guy. Maybe that's but that's that all. Guy. That's the entire case of the Zodiac yeah. Killer. I also love the fact that they um, include the, the comfort that each of them needs like when ruffalo or uh our goose is working the case they need to have animal crackers because yeah. it's the only thing that relieves their stress yeah because wait no that's thing. ruffalo's thing though no also anthony edwards too okay his partner oh so is that why they make it a point when he's working with someone else he's like hey do you got any animal crackers in here yeah and the guy's like no why would i why right. would i have animal yeah. crackers i did i did really like their relationship yeah, the partners. Weird thing to like, I mean, as a kid, sure, but as an adult, oh. there's nothing from a kid like when you were a kid that you really like. Like, no, food. no, I, yeah, I mean, but like, I suppose it tastes. They're good with coffee, because I mean, but it's just like just well, animal crackers are very dry. This, you know, but, but again, I think it's like a comfort thing. If it was something that yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, that's yeah. 
it, it's just like a stress reliever. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. All. Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about Ruffalo, but the weirdest thing that that I find in this movie is how no one wants to... <laughs> everyone wants to solve this case, but everyone is like, no, I don't want to solve this case. Like, I don't want to be the one who gets my face plastered. Well, yeah, because they're not stupid. Because they, because obviously the killer makes contact with people because he calls them or he writes letters or he threatens them yeah. or whatever. And... So none of them, and he want, and the killer wants the notoriety. So none of them really want, well, except for for Jake Gyllenhaal because he clearly didn't care. Yeah, yeah. He's, why, as as close as name. Why would you put your face on the news? Because you're a dumb shit. That's why. Because you're a dumb shit. Well, the real Robert Graysman said after watching the movie, yeah, now I know why my wife left me. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so uh, sad. It took a movie. That's so sad. About his life to give him perspective. Yeah, but they made it sound like his wife was coming back. Like they're like, she's like, just solve the fucking crime. Well, I think because she still wants him. Like, there's he's still going to be in their lives, so he can have a healthy relationship yes. with his children. Yes, as he noted, and as it was made very clear in the credits, it it would have been great if like after like that and all all that information we get. No, really, he has a really good relationship. <laughs> like, with just want to make it real clear yeah. that she, no, seriously, it's fine. Everything is fine. My children love me. Yeah. What what if they did this movie instead of like the Fincher way? What if they did this like the Stand By Me way and Richard Dreyfus is the adult Robert Graysmith and he's narrating it? I'll never forget when we found those seven <laughs> dead bodies in San Francisco. <laughs> so I know now where they got the the um reference for Fat Thor. Oh, oh yeah. my God! Yes, so we we come I'm upon. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. In fact, what? they designed that entire like they designed a Fat Thor's. Uh, well, they designed it after the Big Lebowski. But, can I just make it clear that I was the first one to point you out did. that it was that that RDJ looked like Fat Thor? But but no lie, I was thinking the exact I know, it was same so funny. thing. I just want to take credit for the fact that I was. But the yes, first, you said it, it was, out loud. That it was one of the few things I said during watch while watching this movie that was accurate. Yes, because all of the times I said, "Well, he's the killer," or "They're dying." Or they're going to be dead. Listen, I was wrong. You were playing the odds. I was. And you were playing every odds. You were putting I all was. the chips on the table. Yes, I was. Yeah, but we're not taking Mallory to Las Vegas because <laughs> she does not win. <laughs> I do not. No. Yeah. I, that scene itself, there's a huge continuity error. And this is like the big nutty. Really? Yeah. So, I'm usually good at finding those. What is it? Particularly when people are eating food or drinking a glass of water. So it has nothing to do with the drinks. It's it's the TV screen, the Pong. Oh, yeah. It, it start it starts from fifteen to nine, and then it goes from fourteen to nine. And every nerd in the woodwork <laughs> wrote in <laughs> and was like, "That's not how it goes." That's funny. I'm usually good at picking that stuff up, but, but you've also seen the movie how many times? I just noticed it this time. Yeah. Well, but because you usually notice that stuff after right, whatever, yeah. however many times you've watched it. Yeah. Usually the first time you're watching it for. The, the story scene. and the plot and the characters yeah. and then the next time you're going back to see things that you missed and then the third or fourth time that's when you pick up on the little details yeah. i was really pleased to see the whole i am not avery button this is so funny because that actually happened yeah it did. that is so funny well another thing 
I wanted Robert Downey Jr. to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor too. He was year. very good in this. He was so good. He I, was very Tony Stark, but he was very good. But in this. this was before. Tony I know. Stark. Well, that's what I'm saying is that because uh, you had said that he got Tony Stark off of this movie, right? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So what happened was in 2006 when they were filming this, um, they were looking for Iron Man and Favreau, who is friends with Fincher, saw the dailies and he's like, "It's got to be Robert Downey Jr." Yeah. Iron Man and Paramount's like, no, he's too much of a liability. And he's like, yeah. well, then I don't make this movie. And they're like, no, we want you to make it. And he's like, well, then you cast Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And, and they showed him, they showed them the dailies and they're like, okay, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and what a good fucking call that was. Wasn't oh, it? yeah. Like, but what's so weird is that <laughs> they're each of their personas from other movies. Like, um, he is definitely Tony Stark. Yeah. Ruffalo is so. And it's weird. It's their their personas from movies that haven't been made yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he's his persona from Iron Man. Ruffalo is his persona from Spotlight. Yes. Right? Yes. That's what it was. That I couldn't true. think of it. Yes. Spotlight. Yeah. And then Jake Gyllenhaal. Bubble Boy? No, I'm just <laughs> Proof. Proof. I'm telling you. Proof. He's I got proof vibes from this. Well, that sounds like I'm saying poop vibes, but I'm saying proof, proof poof. vibes. Um, it's hard to say yeah i mean gyllenhaal is fine in this but i i still i don't think he was the right choice for this role who who else would you put in it in this at this time let's see 2007 you need someone i think he's too good looking that's the problem Mm. honestly this is gonna sound crazy but paul rudd Paul Rudd's also good looking, but in but, a different way, though. Right, because Jake Gyllenhaal is pretty. Right, but but if Paul Rudd grew out his hair, and the real Robert Graysmith had glasses, picture like, a young Paul Rudd like via Anchorman. That's when this was. So yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Young Paul Rudd, as though yeah. he ages. Yeah, or like. Or not Paul Rudd. Oh, Ed Norton would have been great, too. I love him. He, wouldn't Ed Norton be a great Robert Grayson? Yes, he would. He would have and been so I don't cool. know if I necessarily agree with that. Who mentioned one of their favorite actors that was um, uh, Ruffalo? Mine. Uh, so my top five are Paul Newman, Sam Jackson, Mark Ruffalo. Um, yeah, and and um, you can Eddie Murphy and then... Also, William Powell. Okay. I don't know if I have... I don't have a top five or anything, but I know Edward Norton is one of my favorite actors. And I think he'd be great in this. He's I in agree. my top 10, but but Norton, Norton. Norton over Gyllenhaal any day of the week. Like, I, I think that especially like Fight Club Ed Norton yeah. is very... Robert yeah, but Grace. we're supposed to yeah. buy Robert Graysmith as also like a Boy Scout. Like everybody keeps saying he's a Boy Scout. He's um, a Boy excuse Scout. me, Moonrise Kingdom. He is the leader of the Wilder Scouts. This is true. That is true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, okay, go on. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask you guys. Like, I know we all agree that like one of the pivotal scenes in the movie is like when um, Jill and Hall and Ruffalo are sitting down and they're talking about Arthur Lee Allen, which but is are, towards the end, isn't but it? But are like yeah. yes. But are, like, is there any other scene that like really got you? Oh, oh, when I almost started crying. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, with um, the, because with, with Diane Cork from Say Anything, Ionian Sky. So. What she's coming down the road and she's driving. She, and, yeah. yeah, she's uh, she's in a car and 
some guy is honking behind her yep. and pulls her over essentially. And she rolls down her window. He offers to help her with her tire. She's got a baby in the car. She looks like she's probably pregnant. She is pregnant. Though yeah. I make no assumptions of that because you just never know <laughs> with people. So yeah. whatever. If a woman looks pregnant, don't I would say never anything, ever say anything until Wait, not. Are nope. you people calling her fat? You, you ladies are awful. I'm distinctly women not. Women are supposed to stick together. I am together. very specifically not How? calling we her anything. We are not saying anything. that. We are not saying I'm anything. saying absolutely nothing. <laughs> Moving on. So she's in the car. She So this guy clearly is taking apart her tire yeah. to try to, what yeah. I think, kill her, though it turns out that's not true. But so then I'm watching this. Now, well, no, he, he yeah. was, he, he said, I'm going to kill you. He yeah. said he was going to throw the baby out the window. No, and then said, I'm going to kill you. No, he said, before I kill you, I'm going to throw your baby out the window. Oh, or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think right around that time, I'm sitting here and I'm like, that's it. I'm starting to get upset. Yeah. I'm starting to get upset. And you and guys the, were like calming me down. Yeah. And I the woman like, who that, like, the, it was a real woman. She was eight months pregnant. She jumped out of the car. And then she did. Yes, she jumped out. And of I the mean, car. We, didn't, we didn't see any of that in the movie. No, yeah, you don't see that. Then what but happens next is in your eyes starts playing, and John Cusack comes out with a boombox. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, but like she she did like hide in yeah. like in and hide her. Boob. That's crazy. But I think that, it's, was anyone else thinking? Uh, there could be fucking rattlesnakes in there. I was not thinking that. That was not. Well, well, but I, I'll take that the now. rattlesnakes over. You know, serial killer. Um, I mean, but both deadly, I, when so. I first saw this, I was very confused by that scene because I didn't like I I didn't know a lot about the Zodiac Killer at that time. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw this, I was just like, "What? What's this got to do with anything?" Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew like it was leading up to like probably the serial killer. Yeah. But but I was just like, "This is random." Also, um, Melvin Belli, who. Was he was he a psychiatrist? What was he what was he supposed to be? Like because Who was they that? said the Who? Brian Cox's character. The I don't know. Because was he a like, newscaster? No. Was he it I, was very ambiguous. He was either a psychiatrist or a newscaster. I think he's supposed to be a psychiatrist. Toddy? Or, then why the fuck was he on Star Trek? Toddy? Huh? Toddy? Yeah, he yes, if they <laughs> yeah. want a hot toddy. Toddy? Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want whiskey and tea. Thank yeah, you very as I, much. As I uh, ponder over the bloody shirt that I just received in the mail. Hot toddy? Toddy? Thank <laughs> you. Sugar cookie? <laughs> yeah, Melvin Belli is the weirdest character in this movie. And it wasn't even supposed to be Brian Cox. It was supposed to be Gary Oldman. Ooh. That would have been weird. Mm. Really mm. weird, right? I, I like... I like uh, Brian Cox in it. I do too, but this was also the time that he was in uh, Running with Scissors. Don't disturb me in my masturbatorium. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Brian Cox in this movie, I love how he's like, the important thing is that he reached out to me. No, the important thing is that he sent you a bloody thing. Yeah. Yeah, also how many pieces of that guy's shirt did he tear off? I... I from what I read, I thought it was only one, but I guess he's just sending them out willy nilly. I still can't get over the fact that this poster looks like either like bleeding tits I'm sure it, like, or 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 something uh, crying. I don't, and I know it's the I know it's, it's the not, Golden Gate Bridge. I don't think it's I don't quite understand boobs, the symbolism I, of it. 
It looks like bleeding pecs. It's a it's a cloudy it's a cloudy San Francisco because it's yeah, in like California. Yeah, like when like it kind yeah. Well, it's the Golden Gate Bridge. No, I know it's the Golden Gate Bridge, but I don't like there like you see this the Golden Gate Bridge like shrouded in mist, and it's like because the Zodiac it, Killer is a mystery. Well, I see. More I solved of, it. I see more <laughs> of the crying face than I do the bleeding pecs. <laughs> Um, I love how this the movie poster just, just became put, a Rorschach test for like, us all. <laughs> what do you put, see? No, no, it, just, it looks like poster. C the sings the blues. Like. But just imagine the Z and the C are nips. Do you see it now? No, no, the Z the nips are the, the two nips lights. are the lights. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, either way, but the, they could also be eyes too. I agree. It's either bleeding tits or it's crying eyes. On, honestly, the poster looks very similar to C the sings the blues. I think I might Photoshop it and it just says Zodiac Sings the Blues. <laughs> oh, jeez. The story uh, of serial killing told through animation. I will say this, though. The funny thing, sort of, is about the scene that got started getting me upset is that, because it's a running joke, really, that I don't get emotional at movies, usually. And that it's like, if it's something sappy or sad or whatever. You cried during All Dogs Go to Heaven, but that was for different From reasons. pain. From <laughs> excruciating, torturous pain and laughter because I was laughing so hard at how bad it was. Are you talking about that? Yeah. When I got emotional like that because I was in pain and I was laughing so hard? You mean like that? That yeah. pain? That crying? Okay. Yes. yes. Um, and well, just this. I find that anything that's like based on a when it, something's based on a real story yeah. and you've got something like that, particularly with kids, right? like that's when I'll start to get I remember I remember one of the first movies that I had really experienced that. It was some earthquake movie and there was like this 11-year-old girl who was jumping over like like pieces of pavement and there was like lava and I like couldn't watch it and I started getting upset and all emotional cuz I'm like I can't take it. I can't watch this. Were you watching Volcano? I don't know. Was that <laughs> Willie Jones? Yes. Yeah, Volcano. Yeah. That's weird that I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> all right, we got the volcano underneath the Bay Bridge. <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie either. Uh, I but, mean, I do kind of get the symbolism, but yeah, like when when you, I mean. <laughs> also, anyone else find it really weird? But I also thought it was actually kind of appropriate when they're watching Dirty Harry, how he leaves the movie, not because he thinks the movie's bad, but because A, he hasn't caught Zodiac and there's no due process. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pictured it as like a weird like, PTSD kind of moment for him yeah. that he just got overcome with this intense anxiety of of something that's un un like unresolved for him. Well, I love when they get the the letter about uh, shooting out the tires of the bus, and the editor's just like, "I have kids," and the cops are like, "Yeah, we all have kids." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Uh, but so so this movie got snubbed. Why? So the following things got snubbed. Best picture. Yep. Best actor and supporting actor. Right. I actually think that Chloe Sevigny was robbed of best supporting actress. Okay. Yes. But why do you think this got snubbed? Why? Yes. People are stupid. First That's off. That's why. I solved it. First off, um, the fact this was the time of five nominees only. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that did it for a while because if they okay so well here's a question if this was in the running let's say they did six do you think it would have won best picture no but it would have been nominated oh. and it wouldn't have been six it would have been eight or nine well whatever but also it was released in april of 20 so too early too early yeah 
it was it's really like people's minds we're lucky that april's too early i thought like march i mean is like march and february are kind of the rough months i think this came out at the end of march oh okay but like it people that yeah got limited release in march and then came out wide in april but still like i i think the fact that there will be blood. Paul Thomas Anderson hadn't made a movie since Magnolia for seven years. And they're like, oh, thank God. Can I make an argument here? What? Listen. Uh, Silence of the Lambs came out on Valentine's Day. That won an award. But that, that was... Won, didn't that win Best Picture? Yes, but... So this... Here we have the same like procedural thriller. Not getting chosen for an award. Mallory, you're raising your hand. What's the bathroom it? is yes. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe they just didn't campaign hard enough. Oh, because don't we all know how this shit works? So, and maybe they just weren't yeah. giving shit to the right people and well, paying the right people off. Well, not that that happens because they actually, I, blah, blah, but no, another thing is this was shot on digital and like the other movies that were nominated were shot on film. And this, so was, the other movies are technically more authentic, quote unquote. Yeah. And Juno was not like a movie anyone had ever seen before. Uh, Michael Clayton, I don't know why I like that movie, but I still don't know why that was nominated over this. Um, and Atonement, it's a it's a period piece. War movies get nominated. Yeah, honestly, if if Atonement was a war movie that like in the middle focused on the Holocaust, then went back to World War II, then that movie would have won Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, doesn't doesn't the Academy like favor very specific types of movies? Period. Like you just said, like those are the movies that they go for. If it doesn't fit those categories, yeah, it's... that's why David Fincher after this did Benjamin Button. He did a period piece. He, David Fincher did Benjamin Button. Isn't that weird? To One think? of the longest, most boring movies on the planet, next to No Country for Old Men and others that I won't mention for fear of Scott punching me in my face. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I understand why Benjamin Button can be seen that way. I think it's a gorgeous movie to look at. But Oh, it's very pretty. That doesn't mean it's not boring. So, other reasons why this didn't get nominated for anything. I still think the fact that it was released in April or March does not help its case. Uh, the fact that it was a real-life subject that a lot of people weren't yeah, over. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, another Silence editing. Silence of the Lambs has the benefit of being inspired by things, but not based on anything. Right. So this True. people were just too disturbed by this. That it yeah. was just a little too real. And also like, you know, the scene where like the, the, um, the lake murders. Oh, that's, that's, that's it's really very, rough. I mean, it's, it's very violent for a non Tarantino movie. But but also all the violence happens off screen. You see the results. Not the knife thing. The knife. Yeah, you don't see the knife going in. Yes, yes you, you do. do. On the woman, but not the man. Yeah, it was enough. You don't see the knife going in, but it's on top. You can see the knife. He's be clearly being. St- it, it was disturbing enough. You hear it. You feel it. It's enough. It's it was disturbing. It was unsettling. It was very it was that was one of the harder scenes to watch. But, but you guys also warned me about that. But and the, also we see the gunshot going into um, it goes the, in it the go, very beginning. I thought it was going through his throat. Yeah. I guess it's not quite as close up. He it's got not, he got grazed. Yeah. It's not quite as graphic as perhaps it could have been. Yeah. OK. About Mike Mageau. About not that Minkus. we want it to be. Yes. About, Minkus. Go on. About Minkus. 
if he just played dead like that he got shot if he didn't it makes no no difference then he might not have come back he might not have come back to shoot him a second time because he saw him moving into the backseat of the car. I honestly don't think that would have made a difference. One, because it was made very clear he went after the woman harder. And two, like the woman was already dead and he kept shooting her. Yeah, but that's because you find out he had a relationship with her. And no. It, um, theoretically. If, the, if the other if survivor was stabbed eight times and the, uh, the woman was stabbed ten. He was brutal. T- like towards the female victims. Okay, I'm sorry. All I'm hearing now is Chicago. And he ran into my knife. And he ran into my knife 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like Peter Cetera, Chicago. No, like- no, I definitely meant the musical. And <laughs> then he ran into my but knife. But I'm saying, I don't think playing dead would have been to his advantage whatsoever. I don't know. I Except that he would have gotten shot maybe a little less. I think there is definitely <laughs> absolutely positively no way of knowing what would have happened and what actually happened cuz how do we know that he like, you know. Yeah. And we're we're watching we're watching a movie that's, that's technically fiction. To remember, technically yes. it's based. Right. It's yes. not a documentary. It is yes, based. Yes, we we're only on judging the movie, not the actions of the people. Oh yeah, well then Mickey yeah. was an idiot and he should have stayed put. Yeah, we're not we're not saying that. The end. They're all idiots. Don't go in the basement, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> don't stop for a strange car, woman with a baby. Yeah. Just don't do it because you're in a horror movie and people in horror movies are stupid. Yes. In ho- in horror movie terms, we are judging them. I but would really in, like to. Is but there in a, real life, <laughs> is there such thing of a horror movie? Not that I see horror movies because they terrify me. But is there a horror movie where the people are smart? Is there one? Um, please, please uh, let me know because it has been my I'm limited. Sure that, oh, um, get out, get out. Yeah. Oh, see, and I get won't out. see that movie because that freaks and, me out. Uh, we could, we actually, yeah, I'll um, Jordan Peele's movies. I don't like that look in your face. Any Jordan Peele movie. Get out is very like honestly. I have a really hard time with horror movies. I was fine. Yeah, but that movie but, is like the kind that will give me nightmares for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. somebody, I th- was it you who gave me the entire, it was you or somebody else um, that gave me the entire plot of the movie because I was like, I'm curious, but I'm not sure I want to go and see it. And somebody described the entire plot to me and I'm like, I can't see that. It will give me nightmares. It mm-hmm. wasn't me because I would have done it in a way that wouldn't have given you nightmares. Okay, then somebody else basically walked me through the entire plot. But you know who's in that movie? I know it's Josh Lyman. Josh Lyman, yeah. Which is why I wanted to see it, but then I also don't want to see Josh Lyman as a serial killer. He's not a serial killer. Kind of is though. <laughs> um, they all kind of are one big group serial killer because they're all killing people to then take over their bodies. How is that not killing people? And no, like, they don't kill the person. Oh, the person is still in there, like yeah. possession. Yeah. But don't they kill the host, the original bodies? No. Like, so they kill themselves and then they... No. So their original bodies are walking around like zombies with no brain in them? Are they copying themselves? Oh, are you talking about the white person who's... Yeah. Yeah, that person's dead. That's what I'm saying. But technically their brain is... Spoilers for the movie Get Out. (laughs) But but technically, yeah, their brain is in the body of... So it's like they've been possessed. Kind of. So you've basically taken over their life and killed any prospect of... Not if, not if a flash goes off on a camera. Uh, what? That's what happens. That's how they come back. Oh. Is this if, seemed like a really bad plan on the white people part. It, yes. Really, yes. <laughs> really ineffective. Yes. 
But Zodiac, getting back to the movie we're actually talking about, Mallory. Says he who went through how many Jennifer Connelly movies? Yeah, to replace her name. Just saying. Anyways. So yeah, anyways. um, Back to... (laughs) To what movie did we see again? Yeah. So so when Brokeback Mountain and Just Like Heaven are having breakfast... There you go. There you go. Well done. Well done. Okay. Yeah. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Yeah. But yeah. Who was in which who was that in that? Mark Ruffalo's in the Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. He is? Yeah. Where? When? He's him and Elijah Wood are the two technicians. <gasps> oh my God. I totally forgot about he gets that. So screwed over. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But Ruffalo, so the first time Ruffalo and and Gyllenhaal meet, my, oh, it's actually the second time I was wrong. When second time in the movie, yeah, when he's like, yeah, we met at the movies. I'm sure it was very magical. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It's so good. Ruffalo, he, and the fact that he hasn't won an Oscar by now is a travesty. Did he get nominated for Spotlight? Yeah, and he should have won. Yeah, what was that other movie that he did? Was it like uh, In the Heart or? Foxcatcher? No. Um, it was um like in the heart or the heart or ha- like I think I a, know what you're talking it was a movie, about. It was about the it was set in the I think it was set in the 90s based on the AIDS epidemic. It was based on a play. Oh, The Normal Heart. The Normal Heart. First off, that was a TV movie. Never mind, I had no idea what you were oh, talking about. So he won him. he won an Emmy for that. Oh, okay. Well, I feel better though. Yes, but he hasn't won an Oscar. Okay. All right. And he should um especially the year he when he didn't win for Spotlight, I was so mad. When he did not win for Spotlight, I was so angry. Were you angry, Scott? I was. Uh, even though I did like Mark Rylance winning. but What did Ruffle- he win for? Uh, Bridge of Spies. Spy Bridge. The Bridge of Spies. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't think I've seen that movie. That's and I the don't Tom think I know Hanks. You would like that movie. You would. No, I have no idea. You wouldn't. But anyway. I trust that I would like it. I just I don't know the movie. But I, I love how angry Ruffalo gets at everyone especially Robert Downey Jr. And yeah. then you find out in real life, him and Robert Downey Jr. are like neighbors and best friends. And like, That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. And like they're always hanging out at each other's houses. And this is the movie that did it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they have Sometimes really good chemistry. it takes a movie about a serial killer to bring two people together. As it, it should. Different strokes to move the world. <laughs> but, you can, but you can tell that because they have good chemistry on screen. Also, can we, can we please talk about when... Hall goes to confront Arthur Lee Allen and at first Arthur Lee Allen looks scared and then he's like take a look it's like, in a book a like reading give, nightmare uh, hit me with your best shot fire away yeah like, you're a real tough cookie with a long can... <laughs> history breaking little hearts like you're one of me yeah anyways Pat Benatar <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like the look he gives him is like you're never going to get me. Yeah. And it was a very much of like, a, I know. I know that you know. I know that you know that I know. I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. And, and so, so on. And so on. <laughs> but, but also, like, he knows that he can't Do kill shit. Jake Gyllenhaal because That'll Tos- just, yeah. Tosky will know. The ultimate yeah. irony is that I- I- irony. Ironing? Um, ironing. ironing. The ultimate ironing is that he's in an Ace Hardware store surrounded by weapons. <laughs> and the public. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and he can't kill him. With and, then so, and by that point, was it the 90s by that point? Or was that 83? No, it was 83. That was 83. I was going to say and video cameras, but it's 83. It's probably not. 
Um, there were probably cameras. Yeah, but like CCTV. Yeah, it was probably like crappy cameras. Yeah, but honestly, I think if he would have killed him right there and then, of all of the things he would have used, I think he would have used a paint can. Yeah. Why? Why a paint can? Because it was there was a paint can right behind him. Oh. I think that that I didn't was know that because it's poetic justice to be killed Wait, by as an in, implement of art. As in Jake Gyllenhaal would have killed. No, no, I'm saying as in uh, Arthur Zo- Lee Allen, Zodiac. Okay. I keep on wanting to call. I know his name is not John Wayne Gacy, but I keep on wanting to call him John. What is with all the serial killers and the three names? Why is that a thing? Do you Arthur want me Lee to Allen, really John Wayne Gacy. Do you want me to freak you out? No. The actor who plays Arthur Lee Allen, John Carroll Lynch. <laughs> Three names. Why? Why? But apparently, he's like the sweetest man. He, he was also Margie Gunderson's husband in Fargo. Haven't seen it, but okay. What? No. One of my favorite movies of all time you haven't seen. I'm sorry. Although, given your favorite movies are usually my least favorite, I'm not sure that... <laughs> you liked The Sting. I did like The Sting. You like Shawshank. You did not introduce me to Shawshank. No, I'm just saying that's Sha- one of my favorite movies. Shawshank has been my favorite movie since I was seven years old. Yeah, but but that's one of my favorite movies, and you like Shawshank. Okay, what was that other one, the new one that came out, the Tarantino movie? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, which is... Well, we're not going to get into it, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, we're, we're not, because that movie is definitely going to get nominated for a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's fine. I have no opinion on that. Just like I have no opinion on No Country for Old Men. Another no boring as shit. <laughs> also, can I just betray, mention betray. little tidbit for everyone? I totally used to have um, Javier Bardem's haircut. <laughs> and this was not a childhood haircut. Didn't this was we like all. So, a couple this, years so that ago. movie not only was boring, it also gave you PTSD. It did. And I remember, well, no, it was after the fact because I think I saw a picture of myself because uh, somebody took a photo of me and I looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, I look at like Javier Bardem in this photo. <laughs> this call is it, a problem. Sir, sir, you have to call it. Please call it, sir. Oh, that movie. Don't put uh, it so in your boring. pocket. Anyways, back to the movie at hand. Yeah. So, so this is in here because it was snubbed for everything. Right. Do Which you just feel seems so terrible? Yeah. Do you feel that it should have been nominated for stuff? I think it should have at least been nominated for a number of things. Here's here's my thing is that I can I can recognize when some people think movies are good, even if it's not my cup of tea. Like I didn't I was not a fan of the new I already forgot the name of it. That's how bored I was. Time in yeah. I was not a fan of it, but I can recognize that perhaps other people will find it extremely compelling. How, but it wasn't my thing. This, I like, I know I'm into a movie when I cannot s- take my eyes away. Brad and Pitt should have played Robert Graysmith. He always works with Fincher. He should have. No. I disagree. I disagree I with that, too. I just don't think Jake Gyllenhaal was the right You person. were just complaining that Jake Gyllenhaal was too good looking and you're going to put Brad Pitt in that role? But they've made Brad Pitt look ugly. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, I disagree with Brad Pitt. I far more agree with Edward Norton. Yeah. That I support. But my point is, is that this movie, I mean, my eyes were just glued to the screen. And anytime I'm just like, I can't look away from the movie, two things. Either it's horrible and I can't look away because it's like a car wreck. Like all dogs go to heaven. Yes. Or whip hunters. <laughs> no. See, that one, I like that one was horrible, except it was it was like I didn't want to look. Like, I really didn't want to look. Boy, oh boy. Shut up. My gosh. You know, I had to convince myself to, like, make sure I didn't say that today. I'm like, don't say it. Do not say it today. Just get it out of your head now. Don't fall into it. Uh, But, no, this movie, it's just, I think, the performances were all excellent. Uh, Again, I just, I'm not going to stop saying it. Just the style of, of, 
of starting out where it really makes you, the audience, feel like you're getting sucked in and you're getting into the spiral and feeling bounced around by the story the way the characters do. Can I please mention a great Malloryism that you had watching this movie that just elated me? What? When he comes home and no one's in his house, you go, oh my God, he murdered his entire family. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, the Zodiac broke in, killed his little daughter, his two sons, which, first off, Chloe Savigny had no right to take his oldest son away because it's not her kid. I thought, I, no, I thought no. both sons were his kids. Here's the thing. Because originally, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal said to Ruffles or somebody that I have two sons. So I thought both sons were his. And that the baby was hers and that the only one they had together. But I agree. I would also like to know where the first wife is and just more out of curiosity. I'm pretty sure his first wife was dead. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's why. Well, he lest we forget, there was a guy calling heavy breathing on the phone. So she took So she took the child, all the three children. She was being a good mom. She was taking them because she felt that they were in danger at that residence. True. She might not have had a legal right to do so. No, but but I I think it was in their best interest. And also, let's be real. Clearly, Jake Gyllenhaal was going down a dark dark place. They were organizing crime scene reports. And he obviously didn't give a shit considering the fact that he was didn't do anything because if he did but we can all rest assured now that he has a very healthy relationship with his undoubtedly children. healthy he, and we know that it's so because important we were that we know so. it exactly. is a healthy relationship with his children yes, but what they don't clear. say is that his oldest son became a serial killer <laughs> yes no they left that part out no i really did when he, he did walked not in he did not and the whole family was gone i immediately thought that Everybody died. Okay, can I tell you something that you're both going to love? What? Community, Dan Harmon's show, the creator of Rick and Morty. Uh-huh. His first show was Community, and he did Wait, an, Dan Har- I'm thinking of somebody else. He did an episode that was all David Fincher, and it was based on Zodiac, and it was, instead of a guy murdering people, it was the ass-crack bandit who, when people were bent over and their butt was sticking out, the you person would, would take a coin. Oh, my God. And And- but it would be like a really cold coin. <laughs> we got to do that episode on, on the bagel basket because um, uh, what's his name? Um, Donald Glover is like the minkus at the beginning. He's the first person. He's like cold, cold ass crack bandit. And when they have a suspect in custody, he goes up to them in a wheelchair. They push him and he stands up and he slaps him across the face and then clutches his pearls, sits down <laughs> in the wheelchair, and gets rushed away. And then Hurdy Gurdy starts playing. <laughs> I love that we went from serial murder, where people get stabbed and tied up and stabbed. A guy some more. sticking coins down people's so, yeah. butts. I don't know. That sounds like call a that pretty piggy compelling. Banking. Oh no! Oh no! What? What did you just say? We call that piggy banking. Look, everybody out there, just say no to crack, okay? <laughs> Just say no. I love how you said that to me last night. <laughs> Has nobody ever said that to you? Like when your pants no. are too low? Well, they've, they've, you know, they've said like, you know, I can see your ass. Crack oh my God. Your pants, I think this but... started back when I went to summer camp 
And it's like if anyone's pants were low and you could see their ass crack, you shout out, just say no to crack. Listen, I've say got no to long crack. legs and I can't find any good pants that come up. I was just being ha- helpful. I know you were being helpful. It's helpful advice and thought- it works on multiple levels. Don't do drugs and also your pants are low and also, I, can see your, I can see your butt. Also, if Haley, you if you're going to... I will put a very cold quarter down your ass exactly. crack. Exactly. Not that I'm admitting to being the cold coin bandit. Ass crack bandit. Whatever. Well, you don't want to give your DNA to 23andMe. So. I do not i refuse i think you've got some things in your closet no i think my skeletons sis- Haley, Haley, if you're gonna defend yourself please talk into the microphone i am what Wait. oh was it yeah oh. <laughs> please if you're gonna de- defend yourself in this courtroom please Sorry. talk into the mic but yeah i i loved um this movie's just a perfect film for me this is a perfect dozen i i would agree this is like a like a perfect procedural thriller it's slow but it it's a slow burn but it keeps you you're it's it's it, not slow like it's not interesting it's slow it just it just builds and builds and builds i will say i feel like it went on a little long if I did to me, oh, because the murders went on a little long, Mallory. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if they never had a killer in their custody. I'm sorry that you feel that these poor people didn't deserve a three-hour movie. I think you're just gonna have to learn to live with the disappointment, Scott. Uh, even though I was very, very compelled during the entire thing, it did just feel a little long to me. Though I think that was kind of the. I think to an extent. Because it go it the movie spans such a large time frame, right. it did feel as though you're feeling you you yourself are also feeling the passage of time and the letters and like because Zodiac the case itself is so extensive, yeah, and it spans so many years and he like just you know sought out the spotlight for so long. It's just it's like you can't really cut anything out. You, you have to do justice to the victims. You have to do justice to the people who worked on it. I mean, I think there could have been certain things that got just cut shorter. This is true. Yeah, certain things could have definitely but been Like, cut I shorter. mean, they could have spent 30 less seconds on the tower being built scene. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I thought... started from the middle. Which I, I actually liked that because it's... No, just, I did. I yeah. thought... I even said, I was like, that is a really cool way to show the passage of time. However, I'm now sitting here watching this whole tower being built when I could be peeing at the end of this movie sooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. I'm just saying that's usually my extent. That's usually how I know a movie has gone too long is when I need to pee during the movie. And if it's towards the middle, the movie's too long. If it's kind of towards the three quarters of the movie <laughs> or whatever, like I'm in, like I'm almost to the end, then usually I know the movie's like pretty good Yeah, in terms of time. Yeah. But I also think every movie is too long. So there you go. Also, the swooping shots, like the opening shot of the San Francisco skyline. Yeah. That, when the movie started, when I saw it for the first time, like I had chills. Like I will say this about it. Is it's that gorgeous. The, would it be considered the... Would it be considered cinematography? The, yeah. I was, yeah. well, was going to say photography. That it, every scene in the movie feels... Like, like a, a photograph? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's excellent. Every scene, every setup, every time people are talking to each other, every single, not that I can, you know, with the individual frames, I mean, but like it felt like every single frame was so perfectly posed and precise. Well, Fincher is that type of director who knows his camera so well, better than his DPs. Like his DPs know it very well too. But on, I think it was Gone Girl when he was making that 
Affleck wanted to see how in tune he was to the cinematography that he turned the iris just a tiny bit. Shut uh, up. And Fincher goes, huh, that's not right, and just turned it back. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's great. So uh, he's that type of person. That's why this film is gorgeous. Yeah, it is. it is beautiful. And also, I feel like a movie like this needs to be beautiful for to have a subject matter so scary. I agree. It has to comfort you when all of this horrible shit is happening. I mean, I, I wouldn't find some of those scenes com- as beautiful as they are. I wouldn't say they're comforting, but I would say they definitely create the atmosphere that you need. What if, what if instead of Hurdy Gurdy Man playing um, when Minkus gets shot, you just hear the theme from Boy Meets World season one? Oh my God, stop. <laughs> I can't. So I can't. So I think we already talked about it because I don't, I think we've run out of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Other than the fact that I am convinced it sounded like Timothy Oliphant as the Zodiac killer at one point. I know you said that they chose different people. It sounded just like, I don't know who it was, but it sounded exactly like Timothy Oliphant. He's friends with all of these people. So it wouldn't surprise me. They didn't release who the voices were. I'm, I oh. would not shock me. If it was Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. I'm hearing this voice and I'm like, I know that voice. I know that voice. I know that voice. Or wouldn't it be great if like Mark Ruffalo... Uh, yes! They, if they all took turns. I would have fucking loved that. If they all... So you really just had no idea. And and not John Wayne Gacy. John Carroll Lynch. Uh, who's that? The actor who played him. Arthur played Leon. Arthur. Okay. Jeez. All these names, damn it. <laughs> uh... If he was never one of the voices, I yeah, he's not. That's what I'm saying. It would have been like what Haley said. If all of the actors, like like Ruffles and Gyllenhaal and RDJ, yeah, uh, if they were all uh, the voices of the Zodiac, but the actual bad guy was, or not. if they just got different people who were in different David Fincher films, <laughs> like Brad Pitt. Yes, and then Jordan, I support Brad Pitt. Mike, yes, Mike, Michael Douglas. Yes, absolutely. That would have been hey, great. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, you're not doing anything on Sunday, right? Uh, no, not really. Why? Well, you want to play the Zodiac Killer in my new movie? <laughs> just the voice. Just. Uh, I get headaches. I get headaches. Christopher right Walken as the Zodiac Killer. You know. Yeah. You know. I get these headaches, <laughs> and I just. Gotta kill. Really, really hot. Is the is the only cure? More cowbell. <laughs> I got a fever. <laughs> I got a fever for murder. And Mrs. Gloop's mom. <laughs> or Mrs. Gloop's mom. <laughs> Mrs. Gloop's <laughs> Gloop's mom. Banging her in the back hey, of the bank. Hey, Mrs. Gloop's mom might have been hot too. Oh my goodness. Whole family of hot women in Lederhosen. If you want to know what we're talking about, see the episode. The Willy Wonka one. Yeah, the Willy Wonka one. I well, will... I, I was joking with a friend. I was like, huh, this is in 1969, around the same time period that like Forrest Gump was living in. What if he was because he was in all of these Oh, my things. God. What if he was the Zodiac? Forrest Gump? <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, I'm the Herder Gertie man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, look. Life, murder's like a box of chocolates. Sometimes you, you just never gotta know stab who you're a girl gonna... in the back ten <laughs> times. Life, murder's like a box of chocolates. You never know who you're gonna kill. <laughs> Why are you dying, girl, on the back of the floor? Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. We're terrible people. So let's get to the bagels. So on a, I think you and I already said thirteen bagels, Haley. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it thirteen. I it it to me, this is a one of the few like perfect crime it's movies. So good. It's it's really good. It's a slow burn. 
but it's really well executed. I love the people in it. I can forgive it for some of the, you know, the glossing over of the facts and yeah. you know, some adding, peppering in some things in there that didn't happen. Taking Hollywood liberties. Yes, taking yeah. Hollywood liberties, but I think in this instance I can live with it because for the most part they did get a lot so of So Mallory, right? why don't you piss us off and say <laughs> I'm going to give this a 12. Okay. I'm taking, and the only reason why I'm doing that, I'm taking a bagel off is because I did feel, even though I, like, maybe it was intentional, I did feel like it, every now and then I'm just like, okay, all right, like, I'm compelled, but also, like, let's move this along. Yeah. A little bit. And that's probably how everybody who actually experienced this felt. Um, (laughs) But me, but me as a moviegoer, and this is usually my gripe about everything, um, and, you know, I just think there are little things here and there. So I don't want to say perfect 13 because I don't think it's like the best movie Have on the planet. Have we had a movie that's it's, it's been so fucking good for every guest but that we've had? No, I don't think no. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do want to make chasing it, that white whale. Yeah. I do want to make it clear that I think this is an amazing fucking movie. And I can't remember the last time I was glued to a screen like this, but I can't quite give it a 13. I got to go with a 12. Yeah. Thanks. OK, Richard Roper. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, as always. You love serial killers, so I don't need to thank you, Ace. <laughs> but don't thank- say I love them. Don't say- you are fascinated by I them. Am, I am You want to put your criminal justice degree to good use. Yes, I do. There we go. And I don't have one of all those. That, all that, that tuition has got to go somewhere. <laughs> so, thank you for doing this. Thank you again for uh, having me, as always. The rest of the month, we're going to do another shrug coming up. We're doing another bad movie that... I don't understand how I got nominated. Um, And I will be releasing that on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook soon. So you can follow us on all of those. I'm not saying the thing because you already know where to go. Anyways, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From The Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network, and wherever podcasts may be found found. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. (coughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. YouTube.
For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Raid podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hey, hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet.